Welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Kristen Brower here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, <laughs> sometimes weird shit happens. I uh, I started the recording, and then I'm supposed to add myself back onto the screen as Katie does, so that we're here when the recording, you know, start when when the intro ends. Yeah. And instead of doing that, for some reason, my computer cho chose to just kick me all the way out of the recording completely. So I'm clicking as fast as I can through the screens I have to click through to get back in in time to click so we don't have to restart the recording. Katie's just got this look on her face like, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> but I made it by God. I made it. You did. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. You did. You're on the wrong side. Up. That's pretty good sum okay. up of my week thus far. <laughs> So how are you doing? We know how I'm doing. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what? I am, I'm good. I've been working, you know, we've got our first fair coming up on yes. June 4th. And so, uh, and, and if you guys are new to us, that means that we do uh, witches markets and psychic fairs and craft fairs. And uh, we, you know, Christy and I both are, are makers and we make and sell uh, various things that we make. And, and my husband, Scott, as well. So, yeah, I've just been making, you know, it's, it's really kind of crunch time and whew, have a lot in my head. But, yeah, I've been making tumblers and cups and yesterday tote bags, cutest tote bags. I'm so excited about. Uh, yes, I ordered one. ones. Yeah, they're turning out really cute. Yeah, so lots of good stuff. I just, I'm kind of at that point where I have so much in my head, you know, and mm -hmm. obviously I still have some serious uh, sun goggles on, but <laughs> I didn't want to say anything about the raccoon eyes, but you know, this is even with it looks like this makeup. all summer if you haven't been with us in a summer it's before. It's true. I just, I, this is how it is. But anyhow, <laughs> other than that, I am, I'm so good. Our, Everyone's so happy right now here that the, you know, the weather's nice. The pigs are so happy just outside doing their thing and having fun. And right. It's I'm like, all about it. What? Cause we yeah. don't really get spring. We get winter, second winter, third winter, fourth, fifth, possibly sixth, yeah. a little construction and then summer. That's boom, pretty much summer. Mm -hmm. Cause it yeah. is just overnight summer on Sunday. We cleaned our backyard and did a, had a barbecue, had these guys over for a barbecue. And it was like, my God, my apple tree is blooming. I don't even know what that just happened overnight. And it looks Mine beautiful, too. but it yeah. happened so quickly. Like there's nothing eases it. Idaho doesn't ease into anything. Everything is abrupt here. <laughs> it is. Well, and our beehives, we're putting our beehives in this week. Our, uh, our hive died over the winter. It was Aww. such a cold, terrible winter. It, it just, was. it was just too cold. So, sadly, uh, that new hive we had just started that was really thriving and doing awesome, yeah, they died. Awful. But we're all set and ready. We have two new hives uh, or two new boxes of bees coming this week. Now, so. can I make a suggestion based upon <laughs> what happened last year when you brought your bees home? 
would you please wear your hoods and yes. use your spo your smoker this time <laughs> instead of just trying to I don't know just with bare ass naked faces and just no put your bees in raw there. dog with the bees I we're so <laughs> stupid I don't know last year now we've kept bees lots of times so we should know better but I don't know what was going through our heads last year when we got our bees. And you get them in kind of a, it looks like a mini frame that bees, you know, are in and you, your little queen's in there and you've got your setup. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of amazing because you can watch them and they're in like a, the box is just uh, mesh stuff. So you can watch them and hear them and it's, it's amazing. Oh, kind cool. of terrifying to be holding, you know, thousands of bees in your hands, but it's all good. Yeah. But yeah. Like, I don't know what we were doing. We went out to the hive. It was all set up and ready. We opened that sucker up to let the bees into their new hive with no smoke, no gloves, no hoods, nothing. And as soon as we opened it, we both looked at each other and went, oh, oh God, what are we doing? What are we doing? We both got stung. <laughs> I will say that hive of bees were super aggressive, way more aggressive than moments we've had in the past. So I'm hoping. Well, they knew you were unprotected. The other, ones, <laughs> the other ones had been smoked, so they were a little less aggressive. Dumb <laughs> as hell. So, anyway, yeah, yeah, crazy. I got I got stung right here on my head. It hurt so bad. Oh. But anyway, Scott got he got it twice, so he got it a little worse than I did. But I mean, you know, that's what you get for being idiots. So yes, this year we are we're determined to not be stupid and take better care of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So too. Man, those that last hive was aggressive. Every time we had to work with them, they were really aggressive. So wow. we'll see. Hopefully those guys are a little more pleasant. And well I can't wait to hear about when you put them in the box in the, in the hive. <laughs> you're coming up. You're helping. <laughs> no, I am not. No. I've been stung too many times. I react now. So just wear a hoodie. You'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Bees can't sting through fabric. What? No, I don't think so. That's what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Today, we are here for a lot of things. We're going to update you on Brian Koberger and the Moscow murders because quite a few things have happened recently. Mm -hmm. But first, you're going to kick us off with something and I can't. Oh, Florida man. It's Florida man. Oh, How yeah. could I not remember that this is Florida man? All right. Mm -hmm. Take it away. Unfortunately, this story does not involve an alligator and many Florida man stories. Because if we've learned anything from Florida man stories, crazy people love alligators. That is true. Yes. Or, or people that are, you know, real high on life. Uh, but no yeah. alligators this time, but uh, I, I think you'll still uh, find this interesting. So I had initially found a story about a man over the weekend who was walking down the street completely naked, uh, just walking into businesses and basically getting just, uh, you know, manhandled out the door, <laughs> walking into a gym where people are working out and just walking straight up to people with the junk right in their faces, <laughs> getting tossed out of there. And like, he's just making the rounds. Walking up to people on the street and just I, and I don't know, like, completely naked. No, sir. no, yeah. no. Uh huh. Yeah. Finally, some uh, some folks wrestled him to the ground and tried to hold on to him until the police came. He managed <laughs> to slither out and get away. And oh, so I was trying to find more info on that story, and but that's all I could find. But 
when you Google Florida man naked, well, (laughs) (laughs) the Google gods, they offer up a lot. I would imagine. You should prepare yourself for what you're going to get. I I actually found two more stories, a story from back in April where a man was walking completely naked down the street in Florida. And when the police uh, caught up to him, he had no idea where his clothes were and told the police he's from a different earth, not this one. Oh, Lord. But then there's this fellow right here. Oh, no. Is that a trampoline? That's a trampoline. Oh, yes. And yet, that's a naked man, but luckily, you know, the, the police, this is actually from vest cam footage. They were <laughs> kind enough to, to blur out the uh, the parts nobody wants to see ever, especially, you know, mm-hmm. on Instagram or whatever. It's fine. <laughs> but but <laughs> so let me tell you about this guy. This is Blake Talkman. And Blake, earlier uh, this month, decided, I don't know why he decided, but he broke into multiple homes in a neighborhood and so the police call were called because a man had uh broken into somebody's house and people were home and when he saw them he ran out and ran to another house and broke a window and broke into their house the police get there and they identify that he is now in the pool He's been completely naked the whole time. (laughs) So the police find him in the pool. And so everyone starts yelling and spotlighting him. He's in the pool. It's like four o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. He jumps out of the pool completely naked, covered in wheel grease and peppermint oil. What? (laughs) Nope. No idea why. (laughs) I cannot fathom the purpose <laughs> for those two ingredients in combination. He's also bleeding like a mofro because he cut himself up breaking windows. <laughs> so his face is bleeding. He's covered in peppermint oil and wheel grease. By the way, that peppermint oil on uh, open wounds must have felt great. Don't know about the wheel grease. Uh, I've never done that. But anyway, he runs from the pool and leaps onto these people's trampoline. <laughs> Where he face plants onto the trap. Wet and covered in grease. Yeah, this is going to end well. Can't really get up. (laughs) So the police uh, jump on him and they can't get him arrested because (laughs) he's slippery as hell. (laughs) It takes four of them to get him cuffed and off the trampoline and into custody. Uh, He does uh, kick a police officer uh, and or injured he, he lacerated somebody's arm uh so he's he's got all kinds of charges now from he probably had really injury. long toenails uh, probably long toenail guys is long toenail guy Ugh, gross well he clearly didn't have a shiv or anything because uh i don't think so <laughs> but uh, at any rate uh they did finally had one place to keep it right he is charged with multiple uh you know crimes from breaking and entering uh vandalism Resisting arrest, injury to a police officer, uh, you know, probably could have got him with public nudity, but I don't even think they bothered with that one. So, <laughs> and then do I smell some peppermint oil theft here somewhere? I don't know. I'm just wondering. I can hear the homeowner in the background going, Marjorie, we're going to have to drain that pool. <laughs> 
picture her going, mm-hmm. yeah, leading in your pool. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and and still no no known motive for this uh, no mastermind. Mm-mm. <laughs> Just high as balls. No, and... I'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume uh, drugs are bad. Oh, that's my mm-hmm. thought. <laughs> But anyway, I'll just give you one more look for the comedic value now that you know how we ended up there. But, <laughs> so I, mean, I guess was... note to self, if you're running from the police and you're covered in grease, and don't hop up wet. on a trampoline because yeah. uh, that's going to be the end of you. <laughs> what, what was he going to do? Like bounce a few times and then jump over the fence? <laughs> There, there's a full, there's three and a half minutes of best cam footage that is absolutely hysterical. Um, I believe it's linked in the article that I will put in my case notes. Um, I'm not sharing it because I don't want to get kicked off of TikTok. But I, <laughs> so anyway, Blake, uh, I don't know what to tell you, bro, but maybe don't do that again. I guess that that's the end of your wheel grease and peppermint oil business, sir. <laughs> That's the real reason they, you know, he told Marjorie they had to drain their pool and she went, I can't ever smell peppermint oil again. Yeah. Never again. I'm off mint forever. That's, that's <laughs> sad. Wow. Poor guy. Well, let, let's hope Blake gets the help he needs because uh, yeah. clearly he needs some help. Yeah. Time, Blake, time to cash it in, get some help, uh, admit that something's going terribly wrong in your life. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And to all of the uh, police officers that had to endure that, uh, hopefully you also get the help you need because I just can't imagine that was fun at all. No, not fun in the least. <laughs> the image of four officers on a trampoline wrestling <laughs> <laughs> with this guy. naked, greased, bleeding guy. <laughs> oh, that's classic right there. <laughs> Guys that are going, I should have retired last month. Right. <laughs> oh my hell. Yeah. That's excellent. Well, thank you for bringing us that excellent case. <laughs> you are just more than welcome. Thanks, Florida man, for always providing. Oh, always. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for our main case. Okay. Well, for our main case today, let's talk about this criminal mastermind, Brian Koberger. Quite a few things have been happening recently that we actually get to know about. And thanks to Dateline, we know some other things as well. Okay, I'm going to give that a caveat. We know them because Mm -hmm. Dateline reported them. Do we know if they are true? Not necessarily. I know Dateline really prides itself in their... Um, accuracy and in their sources and stuff like that. But I always kind of, you know, believe things with a grain of salt there here and there with stuff like that, because until it's actually reported by the court, by law enforcement in a trial, we don't know for sure if it's actually been proven. I'm going to say that, but I'm going to tell you about the Dateline episode because especially because of what Judge Judge said. Yeah, because Judge Judge said, we don't have any leaks in this courtroom, and I don't know where Dateline thinks they're getting this information from. Yes, and Dateline's made it clear that they have multiple sources in this uh-huh. case. So uh, somebody's ass might be in serious trouble because they've uh, violated the gag order. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But we know that last week, uh, bombshell Brian Koberger was indicted by a grand jury. Mm-hmm. Now, he's had a preliminary he- hearing scheduled for the end of June for months and months. 
And suddenly we find out uh, there won't be any preliminary hearing because they have already convened a grand jury and they indicted him on four counts of first degree murder and uh, burglary. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So that was very interesting. Yeah. We'd all been really looking forward to the preliminary hearing, frankly, because in the preliminary hearing, they literally have to present evidence to the judge Mm -hmm. that they have that justifies the charges that they have brought against Brian Koberger. And the judge will then decide if he's indicted. Right. Um, Because really, most of what we have now is just from the original arrest affidavit, which was very compelling. I mean, there it was, was a it lot was there, yes, but, but there's a there's lot always more. more. Yeah, there's a lot more according to Dateline. Uh, but the other thing that happened is Brian Koberg was finally arraigned. He still has never even been arraigned um, because he wasn't officially charged yet. He has now been arraigned on all four counts of uh, murder and the burglary charge. Mm-hmm. He stood silent. And defendants have that right. They don't have to say guilty or innocent. They can say nothing. And if they do that, the judge will enter a not guilty plea on their behalf. Mm -hmm. Um, People people are losing their minds about that. And I don't understand why. Lori Vallow did it too. Yeah. People have the right. Yeah, that ended for her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. I, you know, people do it for various reasons. Sometimes people do it because they don't want to recognize the authority of the court over them. Which sure. good luck, whatever. You're an American. It's they the court has the authority. Um, some people, you know, choose to not it, it when you say guilty or innocent, you are um admitting your involvement in some way. They don't want to do that. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why they don't. But it doesn't defiance. mean anything. Yeah, yeah, just defiance. I'm not participating in this. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Um, he's just entered, you know, it was going to be not guilty anyway. Right. It's not like there's been any plans for Coburger to plead. He's not going to plead. No. He is extremely arrogant mm-hmm. and quite sure that he has used every forensic countermeasure he needed to make sure mm-hmm. that he will be exonerated. He's made that clear in the past which I think is pretty hilarious because we're finding that he was not the criminal mastermind he thought he was. No, not even close. No. So uh, that happened. So now we finally have an official plea and charge. His trial is set to begin in October of this year. And the prosecutor has six, no, 60 days. Yeah. 60 days to uh, determine whether or not they will go for the death penalty. I think it's pretty easily, we can say quite easily that they will definitely. This is four first degree murder counts. They're going to go for the death penalty. I find it interesting. Keith Morrison on Dateline said, it's well known that Idaho loves the death penalty. And I'm like, you know, I don't think that's actually as true as maybe our legislator and our governor do, but we haven't executed anyone since 2012. Yeah. And, you know, right now, obviously, they're trying, like, anything to execute Gerald Pizzuto because, of course, we got to hurry up and ex- execute this guy who's dying on hospice, who's 
been on um, death row for like nearly 40 years. Right. Ridiculous. Gerald Pizzuto committed crimes the year I was born. Yeah. Yeah. And we still haven't executed him. Don't tell me Idaho loves the death penalty. They hardly ever carry it out. He's had more than a dozen death warrants. That yeah. Right now. And the most recent ones haven't been either because, oh, newsflash, Idaho can't get the drugs like every other state. Nobody can get the drugs for uh, lethal injection. Well, and as we know, Idaho has never executed a woman. Ever. Never. And we've had women on death row. We have women currently. Robin Lee Rowe sitting on death row for like 30, 35 years. Yeah. She killed her family by burning down her house. I thought Uh, that was kind of a weird statement. I did too. Because this is a red state, I guess. I think because of the way our governor and legislators act, it appears like Idaho loves the death penalty. But when it comes right down to it, that's not actually true. Mm-mm. You've got like but now, Texas and Florida executing people right and left. Right, and Idaho actually doesn't. We haven't Uh-oh. executed anybody in 11 years. The last time they got drugs that they could execute anybody, it was because Idaho wanted to execute Paul Ezra Rhodes, who is a, they call him a serial killer here. He killed three people in our area. He was local to us. Um, and so they executed him in 2011. And then they had, uh, enough drugs left to execute another guy in 2012, but we've no, done no, nothing since. No, then. they that was two different buys. Oh, was that two different buys? Two different buys. Oh, the, uh, I thought that was all the same one. So the warden, uh, they couldn't get the drugs. So the warden made a backdoor deal uh, two times to execute two different men. Yeah, in like 2011, 2012, yep. and in one case he went to Utah. And in the other case, he went to Washington. In both cases, he, like in Washington, he met a compounding pharmacist that did a deal for him off the books, mixed up his drugs, had him ready to go. This was like the day or two, night or two before the actual execution. Mm-hmm. He paid them with a briefcase full of $30,000 full of cash. Yeah. And they met at 10 p.m. in a Walmart parking lot. This is how it's illegal what they did totally illegal drugs have to be registered we have to know what they used how much where they came from i mean you know right which how possibly known here yeah but uh it was he did the same thing in utah i forgot about the utah one yeah right but see we haven't done it since then the state has not done it Mm -hmm. since then because those were completely illegal bullshit deals to begin with yeah anyway so what they did do, and many people believe that this was done specifically with Brian Koberger in mind, uh-huh. is uh, earlier this year, Idaho has reinstated the firing squad. Yeah. So maybe we do love the death penalty. I don't know. Will they ever actually use the firing squad? I also don't know that. They have yeah. to build a facility yeah. to be used for the firing squad. The The regulation behind it is huge. And the cost of it is millions of dollars. Like we don't have something better to be using money on <coughs> education. Um, well, it's pretty sad because there was a bill introduced uh, and a, a terribly needed request to build a new mental health facility to hold yes. people uh, that are dangerous criminals or, or could potentially be dangerous criminals. Because as we know right now, there are actually people in Idaho right now that are in prison that have never been convicted of a crime because of the dangerous status of their mental health. Yeah. And so so just this year, 
they tried, yeah. So just this year, they tried to build a facility specifically for these folks. And our uh, Congress, of course, denied it. All while practically in the same breath, approving the new death penalty measures. The thing is about that bill, it was really about the uh, firing squad. It was really poorly written. And it was written without the input of the DOJ. Yeah. The Idaho DOJ. Yeah. Corrections knew nothing about this bill, was able to contribute zero things to it. Mm -hmm. But now we have to figure out how to enact it. But of course, our legislators are like, yeah, we're in, buddy. So, of course, uh, and a lot of people, uh, the, the talk has been that that was specifically for Koberger. That yeah. That's exactly why they passed this. Uh, they but, want to be able to be sure they can execute him. Yeah. But again, uh, yeah, we have reinstated the firing squad, but it is many years away from actually. It is. It's not like it's going to be immediate at all. No. Not, not at like all. You take him out to the prison yard and get this done. No. A completely different ball of wax. It's, it's stupid as hell. But... It is. It's extremely stupid and wasteful as usual. Because welcome to Idaho, we, where our legislature spends money to harm its own constituents and not to help them. That's what happens here. Also, not all the not all members of the victims' families want Koberger to get the death penalty. Right. Some of them are quite anti-death penalty and want him to sit in prison. For- yeah. The end of it till the he's end. He's a of young man. He's only 28. I mean, yeah. if he goes to prison for life, he's going to be in prison a damn long time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll see. But I mean, we're we're not really waiting on pins and needles for that announcement because it's going to be death penalty. Mm. We know oh, it'll come for that. sure. Yeah, no question. Yeah. yeah, he already has death penalty attorneys. Yeah, he does. His his yeah his attorneys are death penalty certified public defenders. Mm-hmm. So we know that's coming our way. Yeah, no question. So then the Dateline episode. This was, it was really interesting, except that, you know, Dateline does that thing where they kind of try to connect things that aren't really connected. And they, I think that Dateline has a tendency to muddy the waters, mm-hmm. um, which I don't really, um, I don't really love that. So they no, start out. Especially with, in this case, because everyone has done that. We don't need so, muddy rats. No. So what they started out with was a car being broken into in the apartment complex that's right behind the King Road house where these four murders were committed. And it's a girl who had been traveling. She left her suitcase in her car and went to bed. When she got out of when she got out to her car the next morning, she discovered that her car had been broken into and somebody had gone through her entire car, her suitcase and like all the things in her car. So a whole bunch of her stuff that had been like in the front seat or in the lockbox were now inside the suitcase zipped up. Mm-hmm. And there was a pair of her underwear stuck in the cup holder of mm-hmm. the car. It was odd. It was really odd. It also happened many months before Coburger even lived in Pullman. So Koberger lived in Pullman, Washington. He was going to the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. It is 10 miles across the border into Idaho to Moscow, Idaho, uh, where the University of Idaho is. So this break-in happened at, in Moscow. But Koberger wasn't even in school yet. 
No, but apparently he, he had visited Moscow a couple of times before school started. He had because he came and applied but, for an internship with the police. Yeah. But it's a big stretch. There's no it's indication that this was actually yeah. related at all. And I, I really didn't appreciate that they started out with that because I felt like you're immediately misleading everybody that this was mm -hmm. somehow he did it. There's zero evidence that he did. No. They're trying to imply that, you know, he's been a risk all along. And whether or not he has is is up for de debate because he they've not been able to connect him to any other actual violent crimes. No. Now they have connected him to one thing that was really weird. A young woman in one of his classes had a break-in in her apartment where someone just came in and moved things around enough to you would know was that someone had been in your house, mm -hmm. you know, moved the location of things, right? Yeah. Well, she, it really scared her. They didn't steal anything. They didn't damage anything, but it really scared her. And she told Brian about it. He was the TA mm -hmm. in one of her classes at the University of Washington. And he offered, offered mm -hmm. to help her install a camera system in her apartment. Well, according to Dateline sources, the person that broke into her apartment was Koberger, that he broke in and moved everything around. And he'd kind of been talking to her and befriending her a little bit in class. And so he was waiting for her to bring it up as his opportunity to offer to set up a camera system for her, Thanks. which he did. And they're implying, and we don't know if this is true. They're implying that because he set it up that he had access to those cameras. Right. That either he accessed them through her Wi-Fi, which she, he had the password because he had to get it to set up the cameras, mm -hmm. or, and I think this is more likely, if you have a ring doorbell or any of those kinds of things, you can set up that device on your phone. And when you do, you can then access it from anywhere. Yeah. You don't have to be at home or sure. near that apartment or even on that Wi-Fi to uh, access it. You can access it anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I suspect that's probably what he did. Um, Dateline said it was because she they had the Wi-Fi password, but I think that was stated out of a poor misunderstanding of the way that these security systems work now. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be on the same Wi-Fi to get access to that camera. When he set up that new device, mm -hmm. okay, I set up our ring, our ring doorbell recently. Yeah. When I set it up, I sent my wife an email that mm -hmm. invited her to share that camera. So she set it up then on her own phone. All he had to do was okay. send himself an, an email like that, an invite, yep. and he would have immediately had access to her cameras. Mm -hmm. But it is believed, believed, not proven, that he did that. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me at all. No. But nothing. Can violent you imagine how she her? must feel? Oh, my God. Horrified. Because these were cameras inside her apartment, yeah. you know, so he could see everything that was going on, you know, and she thinks she's the only person with access to them. So she probably isn't, you know, like not getting naked in front of them and stuff, you know. Right. So anyway, they came up with that, which I thought was pretty interesting. That seems more to me like the kind of things he's done leading up to this mm -hmm. more uh, voyeurism type things. Yeah. Um. Some other things that they told us. One thing that I found very interesting is that after he got home in Pennsylvania for Christmas after the murders, uh -huh. 
he was behaving very strangely. Uh -huh. His family saw him wearing latex gloves a lot. He'd been out cleaning out his car using bleach. Uh -huh. And one of his sisters actually suggested to the rest of the family that Brian might be involved in these murders. Uh -huh. And, you know, her dad was like, oh, no, but they were looking for the white Hyundai Elantra. That's what he uh -huh. drove. Right. He's acting really strange. Uh -huh. He's doing things like bagging up his own personal trash, like trash from the bathroom that would have his DNA on it. He puts him in, he was putting in a Ziploc bag to take it to the neighbor's trash when the police came and arrested him. Yeah. Like, so what they did before the police came, his family searched his car before the police searched his car. Yeah. But he'd already cleaned it. And the thing is, he was under surveillance at the time. And the police knew that he had cleaned the car. They were aware of all of this. They already knew yeah. they were watching. But the fact that his sister... I mean, what would it take for you to suspect your own sibling of right. four murders? I mean, they know a lot more about Brian than they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Most Without definitely. Uh, but I found that really interesting. I, I think it's terrifying to think that um, his behavior was that off. Yeah. And just historically, what they must know about him. Mm-hmm. To lead them to that conclusion to begin with, I think is pretty frightening. Yeah, for sure. Another thing that we know is that he bought the K-Bar knife and sheath mm -hmm. on Amazon. Yeah. It's in his Amazon account. Before he ever came to Pullman. Yeah, he had it a while. And this is the knife that he used, allegedly that was used to, uh, to, to kill all four victims. And this is the sheath that he left behind that had his DNA on the snap yeah. of the sheath. So they've been able to link that back to him that he did in fact purchase that item. Yeah. Um, they talked about the Papa Roger account. If you'll remember, there were, um, you know, there were tons of Facebook groups and lots of groups, you know, true crimers and, and just people in that community who were terrified over this thing. This is mm -hmm. not the kind of thing that happens in that little college town. Yeah. Uh, at all. And so people were really freaked out. He um, and so someone named Papa Roger mm -hmm. with a profile picture that looks like it's an AI profile picture, mm -hmm. but it looks a lot like Brian Koberger. Yeah. Um, actually, will you bring it? Will you search it and bring it up? Yeah. I forgot to add that and I should have. Um, so he did some things in the that in this one group where he was commenting things that were actually things that he, only the killer would have known. He was asking a lot of questions like, well, why, why, why would he choose this, this group of people? What was his motivation and all these things. Right. And then he posts this question. I wonder if they found anything on scene that uh, the killer would have left behind, you know, like a knife sheath. Like he yeah. literally started releasing information as Papa Roger mm -hmm. that only he could have known. And yeah. Dateline says that they have a, a source that 100% confirms that this, that was him. And many of us have believed it was him for a long time. Oh yeah. Uh, because of the things that he has, um, that he said on that account. There we go. So on the right there, that is the Papa Roger um, profile picture. Mm -hmm. He looks like he's wearing an old military uniform. 
-hmm. But you look at that picture from the side, you know, it's very similar to Koberger mm -hmm. and is likely one that he, in the AI that he produced based on his own face. Well, and the questions in the Papa Roger, the guy, I was in that group and saw a lot of those, uh, the Papa Roger questions, and he was literally leading the group through the crime. Yeah. Yeah. Just basically saying, you know, leading up, leading out with questions that everybody was like, why would you say that? The police have never said anything like that. There's no, there's no indication that there's anything like that. And that people had begun to question at that point, whether or not this was Koberger. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it does not really surprise me mm -hmm. that, uh, they're, that they can actually, um, verify that. Mm -hmm. One so, of the things that he insisted in the group multiple times was that this was a sexual crime. And yes, that's right. out because they're like, he, there's no evidence, at least released that, you know, anything sexual actually happened, but he was talking about sexual dysfunction and he clarified that which yeah. I think is really, really interesting because mm. I agree with that entirely. Well, and in sexual crimes, a knife can be a replacement for a man's dysfunctional penis. Mm -hmm. And what we know about Brian is that he was a bit of an incel, you know? Yeah. He did not have good luck with women. Women didn't like him. He was creepy. Uh, we Everybody know that there they were talked some... to was say he was kind of a strange guy, mm -hmm. you know, but... There People were, were shocking incidents back in yep. Pennsylvania. You know, yeah. he was icky and women didn't like him. No. And so a sexually dis or, or uh, a sexual dysfunction uh, motivated crime. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprising at all. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, that's what I have. Um, go watch the Dateline episode. Uh, I think it's called The Murders on King Road or something like that. And uh, it's really quite good. It's well done. But remember that everything that they're saying that's coming from a source mm -hmm. is unverified information. So mm -hmm. we think we know these things are true. It really, we won't know for sure until trial if those things are actually true and have been verified. Mm -hmm. But there's some pretty compelling stuff there, yeah. uh, particularly that incident with the, with the woman and the security cameras. Yeah. Has that been going on all along? Yeah. Has he been the guy that would offer to help because he's good with technology kind of person yeah. and has had access to other cameras as well? I wouldn't. Be and, and the criminology expert. And, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Has he used that in the past? Because mm -hmm. I'm telling you, if you were the one setting up the camera, you would have no problem inviting yourself into that camera. Sure. No. There are many no. different ways to do it. And you certainly would not have to be on their Wi-Fi to do it. D Dateline no. definitely got that part wrong. Um, yeah. I think because they maybe don't understand how these cameras work these days, but interesting stuff. Go watch it for yourself. Mm -hmm. See what you think. Um, we will continue to cover this as heavily as we can mm -hmm. um, with it being gagged. There are a lot of things we are not privy to, mm -hmm. but I am relieved that he is now indicted on all the murders and that there is a trial date coming. Also very curious to see. I, I think it's interesting because we had said before that, uh, that we had a source that said that they still believe that there is an accomplice and that there is another arrest coming. Yes. And, and this is a very credible source. Yeah. It is. Frankly, so, the source also said a lot of things about the Lori Vallow trial that turned out to be 100% true. Yes, they did. So I'm compelled 
uh, with what they told us. And I'm more compelled now because they did a grand jury for Brian. So one of two things is going to happen. They're going to do a grand jury. They're going to do a grand jury on the, the accomplice. I have no question about that. Yeah. So maybe either, already are. Right. Because they're secret. We don't know. All, if that's not going on right this very hot minute. If they do a grand jury indictment on the accomplice, we won't know unless they indict. Right. If they don't indict, we will never we'll know, know that it. it even happened. Uh, but if they indict, then that may be coming before you know it. Yeah. So that's another piece that I'm super, super curious about. I am too, especially because that source was correct about so many things in the Vallow trial. Yeah. This could be, but you know, we don't release things like that until they're confirmed. Yeah. And we would never release something regarding a person who is potentially accused of a crime if they're never charged. No. Nope. Uh, because that would be, you know, Libel. defamation and yeah. it, yeah, we don't, we, we don't take those risks. We also nope. think it's wrong to blow up a person's life and accuse them of a murder if they have not actually been accused of a murder. Mm -hmm. That seems wrong. I know you'll yep. see it in other places. We don't do it, but we will tell you, um, just mm -hmm. know that it's possible. There's a it's second possible that there is, you know, when he was first arrested, he said, he asked them if there had already been an arrest. Right. And uh, there's just, there's some pretty compelling evidence here that mm -hmm. we're going to see. But again, yes. they're going to go grand jury. No question about it for me. Yeah, they will. And so if the grand jury doesn't indict, we'll never know. So mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm really keeping a close eye on that piece because I'm and really did, curious. And were they a part of this grand jury as a co-conspirator and they didn't indict? Right. That's we possible. Here's my opinion on it. If there's an indictment, it will be the electronic uh, data that takes them down. This yep, will definitely. be no different than Lori Vallow in that it'll be the text messages, the yep. Instagram messages. It'll be the tech that takes For sure. them down. For yeah. sure. That's true. All right, Katie. I know you're going to round us out here with some WTF news. Yeah. happened in Peru We're mm -hmm. out of the US for a change uh, with some dumbass crime which is kind of surprising but uh, that's okay this didn't happen in Utah Florida or Idaho boys and girls we're off the hook for a minute <laughs> <laughs> well some thieves thought that they could break into a shoe store and take off with a lot of shoes that they could probably sell on the black market or whatnot and do really well with. And they would have, they would have, except for that the market for people who are going to be interested in these shoes has shrunk substantially. Hmm. They sold 200 shoes. Mm -hmm. shoes. Shoes. What they did. Not, not 200 pairs, but 200 shoes. Mm -hmm. What they didn't oh, no. seem to understand about this particular shoe store is that they actually uh, store the right foot and the left foot separately. Oh, no. <laughs> so these geniuses made off with 200 right foot, right feet. <laughs> oh, that's so great. 
I love it when thieves completely screw themselves, and they so often do. Um, that is hilarious. About the equivalent of $13,000 worth of shoes that were stolen, but only the right foot. So uh, good luck with that, because your market is very small now of people mm. who may want or need those shoes. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah. That is so great. That is the epitome of doing research. <laughs> right? We love it. They also have a good amount of footage. <laughs> Pardon the pun. And fingerprints. And they feel like they will easily uh, collect these individuals at some point. So now they know. They, they really just need are. to put an armed guard on the left foot shoes. Right. Because, you know, mm -hmm. they're going to have to come back. For sure. Well, oh my they, God, that probably not now. Uh, so anyway, this uh, that robbery really got off on the wrong foot. But <laughs> they really put their foot in it this time, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Couldn't Open help mouth, myself. insert right foot. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> insert right foot. Oh, God, that's awesome. So there you have it. Well, thank you. That I always love to end on a laugh. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is our Tuesday episode. We'll be back on Wednesday with another episode. And also Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Mountain is our weekly case updates live stream where we update all of the cases that we are following. And you can join us live on our Facebook page or our YouTube channel. And then, of course, that gets posted after the fact as well. So if you can't attend live, that's fine. But we do like to give some updates because there are so many cases that move so quickly. It's hard to stay on top. We can't do an episode for every single update. So we just do one episode for lots of updates. So that show is, is a do not miss kind of show. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care.